Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to another episode of Say Why to Drugs. And first of all, apologies for my croakiness in the intro and the outro. I have a very annoying cold. So I won't drone on. Uh, in this episode, Scroobius Pip and I are chatting about heroin. Here we go. Let's talk about heroin. Yes. So heroin's the street name for diamorphine, which is a semi-synthetic drug. So it's a chemical alteration of morphine, which is from the opium poppy. Mm-hmm. So what do you think the appeal is of heroin? Um, or it's kind of known, again, it's not one that I've tried myself, but it's known as a um, almost an escapism drug, a kind of a lose yourself from reality. I think it's why it's associated so heavily with homelessness or people in, in extreme destitute situations of that kind of, they take it to, yeah, es- escape. From what I've, again, to from the research I've heard and, and, and learned in recent years is it's that's not its only area. And we see it so much in society as this, the, the dregs of society, whereas there are a lot of, of users who aren't the dregs of society and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in in general, that's my association of you think of heroin as everything's got too much and you need an escape. Yeah, so it's an opiate. It's like morphine, and we use morphine medically as a painkiller. Yeah. So it's it. I think it's that, and also because it's often injected and smoked as well. Yeah. It's a very quick onset drug, which means you get this kind of rush, this euphoria and relaxation, right. and it's that kind of rush that can really be dangerous in terms of risk of addiction right yeah and then it's another drug that once you are addicted people tend to use it for the most part to bring them out of withdrawal and withdrawal symptoms from from heroin are very unpleasant yeah now it's worth pointing out that not everyone does get addicted to heroin as you yeah. mentioned yeah. but it's one that seems particularly harmful in terms of the addiction just because it's associated i think with kind of as you say the sort of people in extreme difficulty anyway in their lives yes yeah, yeah. So how is it used? There are a number of different ways that you can use it, but in the UK in particular, it's most commonly smoked, although actually it's not really smoked. You're actually inhaling the vapour rather than actually 
burning anything. Right, okay. And then injected, but to inject it, so the heroin is called brown heroin that's usually found in the UK. Yeah. To inject it, you need to mix it with an acid to create the sort of salt form of it, heroin hydrochloride. Yeah. And that makes it injectable. It's also can be snorted, but this is less common here because I think brown heroin is quite difficult to snort. Right. Um, and also it can be squirted up your bum, basically. Okay. That's another way yeah. of, of taking it. Yeah. In the short term effects of it, as, as we mentioned, this kind of rush of euphoria, and particularly yeah. if it's being injected, if you're injecting it straight into a vein, you get a bigger rush. If you inject it into the muscle or under the skin, it's kind of a less extreme rush and then it's a sedative it's painkiller so it makes you feel peaceful and relaxed but um it can also cause vomiting and nausea particularly if you're not experienced right um i think this is also the case with morphine so people when they're in hospital if they're given morphine it can quite often make them feel sick and and nauseous as well i mean that information there physical addiction aside you can see how that would be an addictive situation because of the drugs that we've discussed, the ones that tend to have a faster uptake tend to be over sh- very quickly. So the fact that it's an immediate impact and lasts for a longer time, you can understand how that would be something that would appeal and be- be- become an addictive trait rather than a f- the physical addiction, which is obviously we've dis- we will discuss mm-hmm. more. But yeah, I can understand that. That yeah, we tend to have the the, the ones that last for a longer time. Even an example of of when we discuss coffee, it will take an hour to kick in and then will last for two or three hours. And same with when we discuss a lot of hallucinogenic stuff. It's, again, there'll be a long period for it to kick in and then it'll have an extended time. So it's kind of this super drug in in, in that kind of way of it's a quick effect or quick uptake and long effect, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And pain numbing as well. Yeah. The... Being potentially a cause of vomiting and nausea is quite dangerous because it can mean you run the risk of choking on your vomit if you're sort of relaxed to the point of not really being able to move particularly much and then you throw up, that's really, really dangerous. And And again, it's interesting on when some of the other drugs that we discussed that may cause a vomited in particular, a lot of them are drugs that are ingested orally and the vomiting will be a purging of that and mm-hmm. getting it out of you so it will reduce the amount that's in yeah, you whereas with heroin it's not case, so you're yeah. having that your body is trying to purge but it's, it's probably just thing, emptying yeah. you more and therefore making it more putting you in a weaker state as mm-hmm. such yeah if you've ever seen train spotting you'll know that uh heroin causes constipation right yes yeah, that of course, yeah. scene lives with you after you've seen it classic scene and yeah particularly if you're injecting it's it's easy to overdose on heroin yeah because you can't what's called titrate your dose if you're smoking it it's much easier to stop when you reach the point you want to reach but if you just inject it straight in then if you've taken too much you, there's nothing you've that you've taken you can too much yeah it it's well. not one that you kind of have i have a little bit more or i'll have a little bit more because again it's in and you're in yeah. that state i guess yeah well i'd say there's nothing you can do about it um if you've listened to the episode with bristol drugs project we talked about naloxone and i might mention that again in a bit so sure. there's some potentially something that other people can do about it yeah. but there's not really a lot that you can do about it and yeah. the symptoms of overdose are that you get sort of shallow breathing or we might even stop breathing basically the painkiller has a kind of almost sort of yeah. anesthetic effect it's, it's 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 fascinating in that respect and scary in that respect because the fact is it's a drug that in its nature is kind of numbing and and debilitating. Mm -hmm. Therefore, if you've taken it once and it's not been as strong as you would have wanted, you're not going to take more at the time because you're numbed and debilitated. So the only reaction will be next time, I'll put more in. 
and therefore again it's that instant you never know when you're you're going too far because you're having to to preempt oh i think yeah. we'll put another half of the amount i already had and then you don't know the and again the big problem is that you don't know what it's been cut with. You don't know yeah, how strong sure. any particular batch that you get is. And you don't know what else is mixed in with it because it might have a certain amount of heroin and one time it might be mixed with caffeine and another yeah. time it might be mixed with another depressant. So another kind of opiate, perhaps, in which yeah. case you're taking sort of twice as much of the depressant as you are, which can lead to real problems yeah. rather than if you're if it's previously been mixed with a stimulant, which might counteract some of those effects. Yeah, of course. And it's a fascinating one. And just to kind of get a quick cross network plugin but it's it's something that's discussed a lot on 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 the, on the stop and search mm. podcast and when i had neil woods on on distraction pieces is their quest for the legalization of all drugs isn't saying all drugs are good and all drugs are great it's for the regulation and it's it's exactly yeah. what you've stated there we're sat here and so far all we've discussed is how dangerous heroin is yet i've done a podcast a few weeks back where we're saying it should be legalized and for me, it's because of how dangerous it is. Absolutely, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's it's too dangerous to leave in the hands of drug dealers when you don't know what's mixed in with it and so on and so forth. It, if it was legalised, it's then in the hands of government-regulated tests and, and regulation yeah. that goes, yeah, that that can can, can re- remove some of the risk if you don't know what else is, is mixed in there, an antidepressant or, or whatever else. Mm-hmm. It's exactly it. All, all drugs are harmful and some are more harmful than others and some of them are more harmful because of the lack of regulation, mm. just adding yet more risk onto something that's already quite risky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Overdose is what we were talking about then. Yes. And shallow or stopping breathing, you also get very, very small pupils in your eyes. You might Your extremities and your lips might go blue or yeah. bluish. You might have fittings or seizures or shaking and your pulse gets very, very weak. Yeah. And it can be fatal, well, partly because there's there's nothing you can really do about it once yeah. it started to be happening. But as we mentioned in the podcast where I was talking to Bristol Drugs Project, there is another substance called naloxone, which if you can inject that into a person who is overdosing, it has no effect other than it blocks the uptake of heroin. Right. So it can bring someone out of overdose really yeah. quickly. They'll come out of overdose straight into withdrawal, which would be pretty unpleasant for them, yeah. but they won't be dead. So, I mean, that's a bonus. I mean, it's, it's just terrifying to think of this becoming a an amateur mixture of negating the effects and having the effects. It's scary. I mean, that's hugely important. But again, it's it's petrifying to think of that. That's all right. So we've got this to inject if that goes wrong. And then it becomes this cocktail of, of different injections. It's, yeah, yeah. But again, it's great if it's something that hasn't got an, any effects other than to reduce the uptake. We'll get sort of onto treatment of heroin dependence at yeah. the end and maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that. Sure. But uh, for the time being, if we think about some of the longer term effects of taking yeah. heroin. So physical dependence is a big one. Yeah. A lot of it is down to, sorry, a lot of the other longer term effects are down to things like the risks from injecting right you run the risk of getting fungal bacterial and viral infections from injecting yeah. which is pretty horrible the abscesses at the site of the injection collapsed veins uh, hepatitis and if you're sharing well things like hepatitis and hiv if you're if you're sharing yeah. needles yeah, and the problem is once you've started injecting because you get that immediate rush and that's the kind of addictive part of the experience it's really hard to go back to less harmful methods of consuming heroin once you've started injecting right yeah 
And because it's a drug that you get a build-up of tolerance to, once you've started using it and once you're getting a build-up of tolerance, so once you're getting to use it regularly most days, then you need to take more and more to get the same effect that you want. And so it's not surprising that people move to the more immediate ways of getting getting a hit. And other longer-term health problems are things like the neglect to one's own health because of the addiction. Once you become dependent on a substance and because heroin's so addictive in this kind of way it's it seems to be the drug that people do become so dependent on that they let other aspects or can become so dependent on rather they yeah. let other aspects of their health kind of slide potentially end up living in less nice places yep. not able to eat as much food mm-hmm. or certainly as good quality food and that kind of thing and so that's a lot of problems and if you combine that with the risk of infection infection risk being raised and poorer nutrition mean it's much if you do get a slight illness it's much easier for it to develop into something of course, more yeah, serious yeah, yeah and then the withdrawal symptoms so if you try and stop these can be extremely unpleasant so it's like a heavy flu and like by a heavy flu i don't just mean a heavy cold i mean actual flu yeah and quite serious flu so things like fever and um just yeah really unpleasant symptoms uh, i mean that was an interesting thing i heard on when a Dr. Carl Hart was on on Joe Rogan's uh, podcast. And again, we always kind of uh, like to recommend further reading Mm -hmm. and and further listening. And Dr. Carl Hart is someone who's done a lot of research into this. He's very pro-heroin as such, it seems. So again, it's not necessarily uh, a middle line. But again, it it was a fascinating uh, podcast. And the thing that, that got me was exactly that, because you've clarified there that a heavy flu isn't just a bad cold. But yeah. equally, if you've got the flu and you know it's just the flu, it's unpleasant, it's horrible, I've had it, it's it's feverish, it's nasty, but you get over it. Mm-hmm. Whereas Dr. Carl Hart's argument was because of the way we portray heroin withdrawal in films, in cinema, in TV, it almost makes it worse because if you imagine you had the flu and everything you've ever been told is the flu, it's going to kill you, you're going to die, then that makes it ten times worse. A, a worse yeah. if you know what I mean whereas if we could try and reduce the the fear and and and, and myth around a heroin withdrawal it not that it would ever be a pleasant experience <laughs> I'm not making any yeah, illusion yeah. of that but it wouldn't be quite that that level of really feeling like the world's going to end and there's no, you know, nothing I can do to come off it so I might as yeah, well stay on it ex- yeah absolutely ex- exactly and the fact is a heavy flu is horrible but it, again it doesn't make you go oh I'll never go out or be anywhere near a situation where I might get germs and have the heavy flu. Whereas, again, the the fear of the harshness of heroin withdrawal will, will, will make a lot of people go, I'll stay on it. I couldn't live through that. I couldn't mm-hmm. go through that. So, well, no, you could. It's not nice, yeah. but it's it's there's two sides of it. Expressing that heavy flu is, is, is very bad is completely true, but equally it is still something that you can get through and... and yeah. It's not as bad as maybe it's portrayed in films and in cinema and in the in the newspapers or on on on, on Jeremy Kyle or yeah. or whatever else. And I think this is another moment to do a little plug for the episode where I talked to Bristol Drugs Project. Yeah, getting in touch with these kind of drugs projects. If you are in that situation and you want to come off, but you're you're scared about it, like there are people who can help you. There are places you can get support yeah. because it is the kind of thing that yeah, if you do have a heavy flu and you're in a bed sit with no heating, that's going to be yeah. pretty horrible. Yeah. But if you can go somewhere where someone can bring you chicken soup or whatever, then it's going to make it still going to be horrible, but it's going to be much more bearable. Exactly that. And and the, and the beauty of things like the the Bristol dr- 
uh, drug project is similar to these podcasts they're they're unbiased they're not there to be anti-drugs or anything else they're there to deal with a problem yeah in that moment um i think a lot of the fear of people are using recreational drugs is if you go to your regular gp or whatever else there is a level of well it's your own fault do you know what i mean like oh there can there be can be yeah not there is but there can be a level of well you've got yourself in this situation a level of whatever else whereas there are a lot more groups like that that are going no look Forget all of that. You're here. I don't yeah. care how you got here. I don't care how this happened. I don't care whose fault it is. Let's, Let's help you and, yeah. and, 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 and get a way out. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I keep mentioning Bristol Drugs Project because I live in Bristol and that's yeah. who I was speaking to. But there are drugs projects all around the country. Yeah. And if you feel like you don't want to go and talk to your GP, then they can be a good starting point to getting help if you're, if you're looking for it. And again, s- similar to to the podcast they're also very open and supportive of just education on yeah. these things and saying look here's what this drug is you know it's it, it's not you're going to go in there and they're going to say all drugs are bad yeah we're going to get you off that like they will the, the point is to get you off stuff but it's not there in a judgmental way it's there in a right let's support and educate yeah absolutely so the other withdrawal symptoms of things like heartburn, sleeplessness, depression, cramps, vomiting. And as we mentioned, constipation is a effect of heroin. So the opposite of that is obviously diarrhea. So yeah. it won't be a particularly fun time coming off heroin, but it's once you're off, then all of these things will sort of stop. So. Do you know, what's the kind of, is there an average period of this? What's the kind of the coming off time? As far as I'm aware, it's it's... A few days, sort of three yeah. or four days for the physical symptoms to be over, but it might take a little bit longer yeah. to sort of start to actually feel better. Yeah. But the yeah. physical withdrawal, yeah, it's a few yeah. a few yeah. days. Really similar to a, a bad yeah. a, a flu again. It's so comparable as it is. It's that kind of having a few days of absolute hell and then, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's get on to the myths then. Yes. Okay, one dose and you'll be hooked. Yeah. Now... It's not true. Yeah. And this is the case with all drugs is that you, if you take it once, you can't become addicted yeah. at that point. You can really, really enjoy it and want to do it again. And that might be the start of your dependency, but it's not going to be one, one dose and you're addicted. Yeah, yeah. The, the addiction and the dependence won't happen straight away. Yeah, yeah. And again, as we've discussed before, a lot of that is the, is the difference between the physical dependence and addiction and, mm-hmm. and, and personality traits or situation or, or atmosphere or whatever else is. As said, you could really enjoy it and therefore go, let's do more t- 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 tomorrow. But yeah. that's not the same as yeah. addiction. Yeah, and again, it's set and setting, to to it, yeah. like we talked about in the Psychedelics podcast. Yeah, yeah. They have a really big impact on sort of your likelihood to want to do it again your first experience and then your ongoing experiences yeah a hundred percent pure heroin has no addictive qualities right yeah um someone messaged me and said they were told that by their science teacher oh wow yeah yeah that's that's not true (laughs) at all all heroin users are addicts so it sort of really depends on what you mean by addict and what you mean by addiction People going to say we're moving on to the next myth now. I, oh, sorry, I, I yes, thought that yes. was a, a statement. There. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, okay, go on. No, sorry. So this is going against ne- everything we've said yeah. so far. But... That's the next myth, right? Um, yeah. So, oh, sorry, I moved straight on from 100 <laughs> pure heroin has no addictive qualities because that's nonsense. So, um, yeah. So yeah. myth number three: <laughs> yes. all heroin users are addicts. Right. And yeah, this sort of depends on what you mean by addiction. If you use it regularly, you will build up a tolerance, you will get dependent and you will experience withdrawal if you stop. But that doesn't, 
I don't know. Maybe some people would say that's being addicted, but yeah. I don't know. I think to call someone an addict is quite a stigmatizing term and it's yeah, not sure. very helpful. Yeah. But you could use heroin once a month, religiously, I was going to say, which is the wrong word, but yeah. like without fail. And you wouldn't build up the tolerance because there's enough of a gap. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't necessarily go into withdrawal if you stop because it's sort of not, you know, yeah, you're not building up this, this yeah. tolerance as much. But if you sort of felt like you really wanted to do it you felt like you had that you had a compulsion to do it every month would that make you an addict i don't know um but i don't think that it's fair to say that all heroin users are addicts sure yeah um it's the drug that perpetuates the addiction and the circumstance has no effect right um this isn't true either it's been sort of noticed by uh, drugs workers and and drug users that it's easier to overdose if you're taking the drug in a new location or a different location to usual or a different circumstance to usual right so it seems like um the body or sort of probably more likely the brain kind of responds to cues in the environment that go we're about to get heroin and sort of prepares itself somehow and if the if the heroin even if you're a regular user it's more easy to overdose if you're in a completely different setting and again it's this set and setting that we talked about before it's really sort of has an important role in how the body or how the mind experiences drugs when we take them. Abstinence is the only cure for heroin addiction. Right. So this is another myth. Um, Now, of course, the safest thing to do for yourself is not to take any drugs at all. Um, If you find yourself taking heroin, you get tolerant to it, you feel uh, dependent on it, then stopping is uh, the best thing to do in terms of psychologically getting completely away from the substance and removing it from your life will be best for you. But taking it less regularly, leaving at least a few days between, like, taking it and taking the next dose, that will reduce your physical dependence, as we mentioned. So it is a way to sort of stop building up that tolerance and stop being dependent on the drug without necessarily completely stopping. And again, it's again going back to set and and setting and all this because... If you're in a situation where that's an option, then that's surprisingly logical. Just to cut, yeah. as with anything, to cut down, to yeah. gradually cut down is great. Whereas if you're gradually cutting down, is going to be repeatedly putting you in a location or situation that's more likely to stop you cutting down as mm-hmm. such, then yeah. that then abstinence would be better. Obviously, yeah. if, it, if it's saying I will never go near these people or this area or this situation, then sure. Whereas if you are in a situation where it could be a gradual cut down, then... Yeah. It's going to ease you off a bit. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, we're focusing very much on sort of the drug itself, but yeah. we're about what we've done with all of these podcasts, but there's so much else that influences, of A, whether you decide to use drugs in the first place and B, your experience of them and your likelihood to do them again and all yeah. this kind of thing. And it's, I mean, if maybe even that's more important, but it's it's beyond the top, the sort of, scope of this podcast yeah, really yeah. but i think it's just something to mention that it's really important to to consider as well yeah, sure does heroin have any benefits if we move on now from the myths yep. well morphine obviously has huge medical uses yeah. uh, for treating both acute and chronic pain from heart attacks to cancer it's kind of it's like the painkiller of choice for severe pain yeah even if it's like acute pain so pain that is transient and passes quickly or chronic pain pain that you've had for years and isn't going anywhere 
morphine is quite often prescribed in yeah. that situation. Sure. And that's very similar to heroin. It's a yeah. very slight difference. And again, with loads of these, it's, it seems to be stuff that potentially at some point were used and were seen as an option. I, I know when my, my nan was younger, she had operations and, and became addicted to opium because that's what they gave her mm. at the time and it was a, a lack of awareness of the physical addiction and all that but it was like well this is what you need here have as much as you want without that awareness that it's like all right you're you're causing an addiction there yeah exactly and that's i mean that's when we talk about regulation that's what you see with yeah. people prescribing morphine you have to do it very under an awful yeah. lot of checks and things to prevent dependence yeah, and to sure. prevent people becoming sort of dependent or addicted yeah. so that, that's how regulation works, you yeah. know, and uh, it doesn't work perfectly, but it's at least trying to sort of take these things into account. Of course. Okay, so before we wrap up, um, a few other things to discuss. So when do overdoses happen? Why can users overdose or how, how does it happen? Right. And we've sort of touched on this a little bit already, I think. So Street heroin can vary greatly in quality and vary with what it's cut with. Yeah. Um, and we've also mentioned that tolerance sort of depends on the set and the setting as well. Yeah. But also that your tolerance drops very quickly after a break. So if people have been hospitalised or incarcerated, then overdoses are much more likely right. straight after yeah. they get out of hospital or get out of prison. Because they'll take their usual amount, and that yeah. would be far too much for their body to handle Or now. even they might cut down but not know how much to yeah, cut down. Like yeah. probably, You probably know that your tolerance will have dropped, but maybe you don't know how much. So it's much yeah. easier to misjudge when you're sort of coming to it clean as, or cleaner. As you said, it's a scary one because of the injecting, because it's just... It's in and that's that now. There's no there's no edging up, and it's yeah. like, no, that's, that's in. And if that's the amount that's going to kill you, then it's in you now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's, yeah, 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 there's, no, there's no two ways about that. And slightly related to that is the sort of mixing it with other drugs. So it's very dangerous to mix with alcohol or other sedatives, right. as we discussed. It's yeah. much more likely to tip you into sort of overdose. And depending on what it's cut with, it can have things like paracetamol in it, sugar, other sedatives. And so it's just very, very unpredictable. Yeah. And one thing might be cut with something and another batch might be cut with something completely different yeah, and yeah. It's very... No, not really any way of predicting that. Sure. And in terms of sort of harm reduction advice, um, obviously injecting is is by far the most dangerous way to take a drug. Yeah. And not just from sharing needles, but sharing needles is really, really terrible idea. Yeah. And there are needle exchanges around the UK. And if you go to these needle exchanges, they can they can provide you with clean kits. So at least you're removing that level of harm yeah, from sharing sure. needles. Also, I read this and it made me feel really, really ugh, squeamish. But lemon juice and vinegar are really dangerous to use as acids to make injectable heroin. So you might remember at the beginning I said yeah, that you need you to, to mix, mix brown yeah. heroin with, with an acid in order to make the injectable form. Um, so lemon juice in particular has been linked to fungal infections, including infections inside the eyeball. And oh, um, I don't know how common that is, but it's just, yeah. And again, you can get acids at the needle exchange in order to, yeah. to use something safer than just trying to use lemon juice or vinegar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And in fact, 
to answer your earlier question, if you are trying to get off heroin, the physical symptoms take about four days to right. stop, and Excellent. but recovery might take a bit longer. There are ways to be treated sort of medically if you have a dependence on heroin and you want to get help. So um, opioid substitution, so methadone, you've probably yeah. heard of that people can go to a methadone clinic to get methadone to replace their heroin. But methadone on top of heroin can make it again more likely that you can overdose because right. it's very similar. Right. But there's there's another substance called buprenorphine, also known as Subutex. And this actually doesn't have an effect on top of heroin. So right. heroin's blocked. If you take this, it will have the effect, but then the heroin won't have another effect. But the problem is then if you're if you're dependent on heroin, you might just stop taking the, the subutex and so you can have a hit from heroin once it's of left course, your yeah. body. Yeah. Um, people who are on sort of methadone can eventually have their methadone sort of Methadone, not methadone. God, I'm now doing <laughs> a different thing. Two similar names. Yeah, <laughs> methadone can have their methadone slowly withdrawn, and the withdrawal is less intense. The experience of coming off is less intense than if you come straight off from heroin. Right. But um, I was speaking to uh, Professor Graham Henderson, who was a guest on the Bristol Drugs Project episode, yeah. and he was talking about how there's a big debate about how long someone should be maintained on methadone before trying withdrawal right. and whether it, they should be withdrawn at all if they're taking methadone in a kind of regular way you're not injecting it anymore you're avoiding going into the settings where you were previously taking yeah. heroin how important is withdrawal and um, I'm not really sure there's an answer yeah. to that but it's yeah. something to sort of think about I think a lot of these podcasts we talk about harm reduction yeah. and sort of how much reduction of harm is enough and yeah, surely any reduction of harm is better than no reduction of harm. Yeah, and 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 and, and it is an interesting one because if you're living safely and healthily as such with a manageable methadone habit, that might be safer than coming off and then having that moment of mm. wanting to, to return to heroin or wanting. I mean, of, of of going all the way back. If you've got that comfortable plane, then. Yeah, there is an argument to say, well, let's leave it there. Let's kind of let's maintain this. This seems under control. Yeah, rather than potentially push further and cause a complete spring back as such. Yeah, I think this is something that sort of people are trying to work out what what's what's, what's the, the best. best option. Yeah. Um. So yeah, cool. Great. Awesome. And there we are. Thanks to Professor Graham Henderson for his help prepping this episode. Graham was one of my guests on the bonus episode with Bristol Drugs Project, so if you haven't listened to that one yet, do check it out. As always, if you're looking for help in getting off heroin, there are some links on ACAST that may be useful. Please do get in touch on Facebook and Twitter if you've enjoyed these episodes or if you've got anything to say about the podcast. And until the next episode, take care. Bye. You've been listening to Say Why to Drugs with me, Dr. Susie Gage. The music and editing were by Jim Murray. The artwork is by at my name is Ad. Say Why to Drugs would not have been possible without the generous support of I'm a Scientist Get Me Out of Here, the Medical Research Council, and Scroobius Pips Distraction Pieces Network. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.